I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. What happens at each school committee meeting has big implications for our students and our city. And this podcast shines a light on the decisions our leaders are making. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Jill. Jill, it was a quick meeting last night, just about three and a half hours. It's one of the shortest meetings we've seen in quite a few years, with only eight public commenters. And aside from that, not much happened last night. Yeah, it won't take long to summarize the relevant content of this meeting. So for listeners, this is going to be a short one. It was the first meeting with Acting Superintendent Eccleson. There weren't too many questions from school committee, and then there were a few quick unanimous votes, and then it was over. Right. We thought we might hear about the contracts of Acting Superintendent Eccleson and Superintendent Skipper last night. Those discussions happened in a closed session at the last meeting, but there was no news on the updated contracts last night. Right. Here's Chair Robinson with an update on the contracts. The school committee has scheduled an executive session on Friday, July 15th in the morning for the purposes of discussing contract negotiations with the incoming superintendent. We've also scheduled several public meetings in August, and at some point in the coming weeks in one of those upcoming school committee meetings, the school committee will publicly vote on the contract for the incoming superintendent as well as the acting superintendent, as those two roles are inextricably linked. So there will be another executive session on the interim and new superintendent contracts tomorrow, and then we'll hear about the results at some later school committee meeting. She also said that there will be two more school committee meetings added in August, one on August 10th, and we didn't hear when the other one will be. Jill, there are important decisions being made right now about the future of the Boston Public Schools. Staffing, special education, serving our English language learners, and more. And we don't know the terms of either the acting superintendent's contract or when the permanent superintendent will be starting. Yeah, it's interesting because the acting superintendent is serving right now. Those decisions were the focus of the acting superintendent's report last night, and he reiterated multiple times that the district is on track to meet the deadlines laid out in the DESE report. We know that there are a number of upcoming deadlines on August 15th, and we are hard at work to ensure that we fully meet them. Right. So, Jill, it's, you know, Dr. Eccleson is basically saying, look, we will absolutely meet all the deadlines for August 15th. He also noted that he's a little more concerned about the deadlines in the fall and making sure that the district is able to meet those deadlines. And it does seem like the way the acting superintendent is handling this is adding headcounts. He's basically adding staff members in response to the DESE MOU. Dr. Eccleson also announced last night that he's creating a new assistant superintendent position, which he called the Assistant Superintendent of Data, Strategy, and Implementation. Right, Jill, this was a new announcement. Dr. Eccleson said that the current Senior Executive Director of Data and Accountability will be stepping into this new role. Okay, so the Senior Executive Director of Data and Accountability will now be the Assistant Superintendent of Data strategy and implementation. Correct. So the senior director of data and accountability will now be the assistant superintendent of data strategy and implementation. So Ross, collecting accurate and transparent data is the cornerstone of the new state agreement. And the State Department of Education is preparing to send its own data auditor into BPS for the fall. DESE highlighted major issues with data in critical areas like graduation rates, enrollment, and, you know, a bunch of other things. And Dr. Eccleson's Reaction so far is to give a new title to the same person who is already overseeing the district's data, which has been deemed problematic. Right. That's what it seems like, Jill. And and Mr. Cardet Hernandez asked about what the plan was to improve the data processes at BPS. 
And here's Dr. Eccleson's response. The concern not isn't necessarily sort of our data reporting uh, or the actual data itself. It's just sort of the process we go through sometimes is not necessarily follow the sort of protocols. There's a lot of work that we need to do to make sure that the data entry is done significantly well. And so that's the, that's the part that we need to interrogate as an organization in the weeks and months to come as we, as we move through the type of systemic improvement that's necessary. So Dr. Eccleson is saying the concern is not about the data reporting or even the data itself, but rather the concern is about the protocols that are being followed to input the data? Yeah, you know, though, if inputting the data isn't going well, then the data's bad, right? Like if you're typing in or punching in the wrong information, then the data isn't any good, and therefore it is an issue with the data. And we didn't really hear about how this issue is being addressed, but it's clear that this isn't something that will be solved in a matter of weeks. This is something that Superintendent Skipper is going to have to focus on when she starts in the fall. Right. It's it's going it, to it it really is it has to be a top-down, you know, methodology that gets rolled out to the entire district that says here's how we're going to collect data, here's what the data that we're going to collect in this format, in this time frame, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It sounds like there's the the issue there is really that the protocols aren't in place. But Jill, this this data issue is the fundamental issue that has to be dealt with in every area of improvement. Well, how do you know? District. How do you know what's going on in your district if you're not collecting the right data? And that was really the only news that came out of last night's meeting. There were a few clarifying questions from school committee. Then there were eight public comments and then unanimous votes to approve charter renewals for three Horace Mann charter schools, as well as the Athletics Association membership for eight schools. This Athletic Association membership, Jill, for these schools is making sure that all of our students have access to all the sports teams that you would have in high schools. Right. And we have some small schools yeah. and they combine to basically create teams and those teams need to be formalized and the paperwork needs to be processed with the athletic association to ensure that those students are recognized as athletes in these high school sports. Right. And this is in reaction to a hiccup last year where we had really great sports teams who weren't allowed to compete because the paperwork hadn't been filled out appropriately. Right. The meeting ended with a very strange discussion that was framed as an open, free-flowing conversation about how school committee operates. Right. So for the next hour or so, we heard school committee members' thoughts on how they operate, including a plea for them to get data earlier before it's put to a vote. We did not hear any concrete plans or suggestions for reforming how the committee operates, though many members referenced John Mudd's public comment from earlier in the meeting. Uh, can you hear me all right and see yes. me? Okay. Loud and clear. So, Here's a public uh, comment from John. My name is John Mudd. Uh, after watching school committee meetings for 30 years, I do have some thoughts about how they could be better organized. I'd like to share some of those suggestions in three major areas for you to consider in the discussion beginning later tonight and in the future. First, keep a focus on key long-term priorities. Two, analyze the implications of the data presented in reports. And three, hold oversight hearings with a dialogue among committee members, community experts and advocates, as well as district staff. There you go, Jill, 20 seconds. Three concrete suggestions from John Mudd. But after an hour of open conversation among school committee members, the meeting ended with just a promise to continue having a conversation. So I guess we can look forward to that. And that's what happened last night at the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Here are some of the questions that we think are worth asking. First and foremost, when will Mary Skipper begin her tenure as superintendent of Boston Public Schools? 
how will acting superintendent Eccleson ensure BPS meets all the deadlines in the DESE agreement? How will the community be engaged and involved in that process? And of course, there are ways to engage and get involved. Reach out to the school committee members with your thoughts and the priorities for the next superintendent. Their emails are in our blog. And of course, listen to our special podcast series on advice for the next superintendent. It's seven episodes featuring exclusive interviews with the past six superintendents and more than a dozen community leaders. This full series is available in your podcast feed and at bostonsuperintendent.com. Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.